and welcome to episode 24 of the Paranormal Paradigm podcast. It's been a while. Uh, apologies for that. It has been quite a while since the um, since the last episode was released. Uh, several reasons for that, really. Uh, I did need, you know, just a break, as people do. Um, there's a lot going on um, personally at the moment. Busy work schedule, moving house, as I've made you aware of before. Uh, a child that now has changed his bedtime to much later than it was before. And of course, the ongoing um, issues around the world that are affecting every single one of us in one way or another. Um, and it takes its toll and sometimes you just need to switch off and, you know, try and have as as little responsibility as possible, really. And uh, unfortunately, the podcast just took a backseat for a few weeks, but we're back. And today's guest is going to be Philip Kinsella. So Philip Kinsella is both a clairvoyant medium and UFO investigator and author. Having had many bizarre UFO paranormal experiences throughout his life, along with his identical twin brother, Ronald, he began to research the phenomenon on a serious level of investigation after an alien abduction in 1989. Now, Philip was awarded the um, British Mediumship Award in 2008 in Portsmouth in England, down on the South Coast, for those that uh, aren't aware. Um, so his, his mediumship skills are highly valued within the field. But I believe tonight, Philip wants to talk about UFOs, uh, the agenda behind UFOs and, and why there's such a big cover-up. And I know he's got a book that's due to be released titled You, the Public Deceived, The Grand UFO Deception. So that should be interesting, um, and I, I am going to get Philip back on to talk more about mediumship and and his um, his experiences towards the spirit and the ghost world. But as I say, I know tonight Philip wants to discuss the UFO situation, and that's absolutely fine with me. It all falls under the realm of paranormal. It's all outside of the normal. But before we get into the interview with Philip today, uh, I'd like to talk briefly about uh, a recent investigation I went on. It was the first one since, I guess, this whole... COVID thing kicked off. Um, I decided to go with a, a local group. I won't name who they are, but uh, yeah, I, I, I just paid online, went on my own. I, I did know a couple of people that, that were there. Um, not too well, but I, you know, I, I know of them and had a, had a brief chat with them while we, while I was there. It was nice to catch up with them. Um, but yeah, the, the investigation was at a place called Graysley Old Hall, which is in Wolverhampton. So it's not too far from from where I'm based. And I have been there before, and it's known as the house that cries. And the reason is the BBC did, a, um, I guess, a documentary there a while ago and uh, to investigate a phenomenon where a certain room in the house will every now and then fill up with water. And they'd had plumbers in and, you know, experts and people go in to try and find out where this water was coming from. And they couldn't find out. Uh, it just appears every now and then and then disappears and, you know, leaves a bit of damage on the on the laminate flooring, but that, that's about it. No one really knows why. So the BBC termed it the house that cries. And ever since then, that name has stuck, but it, its official name is Graysley Old Hall. And it is in Wolverhampton. And it's a, a really old house, you know, you know, the type, the wooden beams, the creaky floorboards, the the old wooden doors with latches on. And I think it is still lived in because the kitchen had, you know, food and um, there were washing products in the, in the um, in the bathrooms and that. So I think it is still lived in, but to what extent, I'm not sure. Um, but it's an interesting location. And, and I'd, I'd been there before, as I say, and picked up on quite a fair bit, actually. There was a lot of activity when we were there before. 
Um, so I thought, you know, why not give it a go, go along, support a local group. And it was an okay night. Um, but the group for me just wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, a lot of things that I wouldn't personally have, have done or I'd have probably done it differently, but that's not to say that they were wrong, you know, each to their own. And I always say with, with you guys as well, when you go out and investigate, try and find a group that, that just does it for you because different groups do it differently and it might not suit the way you would like to investigate. For example, last night during the introduction, um, the, the group gave away a lot of names. They gave away a lot of previous occurrences. And I just don't really think that's a good idea in terms of planting it subconsciously into the guests' minds because they might then walk around already feeling that they know that name or they, you know, they're going to feel something because they've been told what's happened before. I mean, I always try and keep those things to one side until after the investigation and should anybody approach me to tell me they'd had a particular name or they'd had a particular occurrence, and I can always link that back to what had happened before, and then I can tell them, and it, it helps them back up what they'd felt, and at least then we know it, you know it, it was kind of probably more true, it was more real because they hadn't had it subconsciously planted before the investigation began. Um, also, there was a lot going on in terms of modern technology. Um, and I've voiced my opinions on this many times before. The book that I wrote um, has has speaks about this, and I think the way the investigation world is going is the negative side of it, is it is relying far too much on technology, and whilst I appreciate it does help in certain elements, I also think the negatives of it far outweigh the pros. So last night we had people using apps on their phone, uh, spirit boxes, um, apps that will just shout out random words where supposedly the the spirit is using those those, those apps to give to speak to you basically. Um, and we had um, you know different. At one point we were downstairs, we'd split into three groups. We were all in close proximity, rooms next to each other. And you could hear the bleed through from all the other devices shouting and speaking. And it, for me personally, there was just too much going on. It was very difficult to zone out and relax and try and, you know, tune into the house really and, and, and hear the knocks and the, and the, the potential noises that, that, that you could attribute to, to the paranormal. And it was interesting to see the psychological aspect actually, where people were using these apps on their phone and which to be honest, I don't think can be trusted at all. It, it, it's so easy to fill one of these apps with, you know, predetermined words or phrases and have it just shout out at regular intervals. Um, and I also believe it would be easy to have these apps listen to what you're saying, pick out key words and throw out phrases related to what you're saying. And incidentally, throughout the night, um, I was with the same group of people, lovely bunch of people. Um, and the apps that they were using were throwing out the same phrase. So we had um, over there or over here, I think it was, which I heard about five times throughout the night. Uh, we had the same names come up. Um, so there was these regular phrases and, and I'd be interested if, you know, you, you, you took that app and used it in different locations, how often you get the same phrase, because I would say quite often. And I think that would be evidence that these apps can't be trusted. Um, you know, if you use a spirit box that just scans FM or AM frequencies, that can be a, that can be trusted a little bit more because it is literally just scanning live frequencies, you know, so you can't really fix that. 
what you hear is what you hear. But these apps, they you know, they just have predetermined phrases thrown in that are that are chosen to throw out at regular intervals. I just don't think that they can be trusted, really. Um, we had a bit of activity down in the cellar there. One of the there was a dresser table down there of some sorts, and it rattled. And we asked for it to rattle again, and it, it did. It moved again on its own. We had some regular clicking, which seemed to be answering on response. It was almost like I thought it sounded like a drip, but other people said it sounded like a like a click or a tap. Um, and it did seem to answer us when we asked for it to happen. It would happen. There was no, I guess, um, regular intervals, so it wasn't. Um, maybe something mechanical because it, it was happening really random and it did seem to follow a request. We would ask for it to do it again and it would do it again upon request. So that was quite interesting. But overall, uh, I was left very, um, I guess, I don't know, disappointed from the whole experience. Um, we were given these little notepads to to write on and um, to write our experiences down throughout the night. But at the end of the night, there was no kind of get-together or anything of, you know, let's get together and talk about what everybody's written down. That didn't happen. Um, so for me, that was a bit pointless. And and if anything, it distracted throughout the night because people were putting their torches on so they could write stuff down. So just as you're getting used to the dark and you think you're seeing a shadow, someone's torch would come on so they could write something down. And that was quite distracting. And also we had, um, there was a guy walking around doing a live feed. Now this is interesting because I believe they're quite popular with their live feeds. And I know that they get many uh, thousands of viewers. I, I think one of their videos has had 94, 95,000 views um, from one of their live feeds, which is which is great. And I think that's brilliant for their, you know, for their publicity and for their promotion and for getting their their name and their research out there. But I did find last night it, it, it seems to take prevalence. And as as you guys know, I'm a big um, a big advocate of of local uh, research teams, investigation teams, and I'm. I am against these big franchises, you know, that, that, that will charge a lot of money. For example, I paid um, so much money last last night for this investigation, and I know that there's a big franchise team that are actually charging double what I paid last night, and I just think that's ludicrous. When you actually, when you know the when you know the location and you know what it offers, to charge that much money is is um, is theft, really, um, and. But people pay it, unfortunately, because um, they, they enjoy the experience and, and that that's fine. That, that, that's up to them. Um, but yeah, what I found was, you know, we paid the money to go on this investigation. But it seemed that a lot of the focus was around the live feed and for people who were sat at home. And, you know, w- without being funny, people that hadn't paid to go on the investigation. Um, and to give an example of this, you know, we, we, were, we were in a room, we were conducting a, I guess you'd call it a seance, we were calling out, it was quiet, it was dark, your eyes adjusted. For those people that have been on investigations, you know how important that is. You kind of tune into the room, into the atmosphere, and you you, you begin to tune out the, the noises that are mechanical, the, the noises that are all part of the building. And then when you do hear something um, that is out of the ordinary, you know what that is, you've tuned into it. And that's really important. But what I found was that was really difficult to do because you've got a team next door with a really loud ghost box or a really loud uh, mobile phone application going, and people were shouting, they were laughing, um, which really interrupted what you were trying to do. But also the the live feed would kind of come into the room and there'd be obviously he's filming with a mobile phone, so there's a big bright light kind of going right into your eyes. Luckily I had a hood on, which I would was kept pulling down over my eyes so it didn't blind me. Because when you're sat in the dark for a long period of time, you know, a bright light, it's not very, 
it's not very comfortable being flashed in your eyes, really. Um, and of course, this guy would come in filming for, for the for the live feed, giving a commentary for the people who were watching at home. And you know, we're there trying to tune into the atmosphere, and then all of a sudden, that's interrupted by a big bright light, by the mobile phone going off, um, noise wise, and by a guy giving a commentary to the people watching at home. And I just found that very very off putting. Um, and I realise I'm probably being quite negative here about the whole thing, but it, it is a bugbear of mine, you know. And um, it, this is the future of investigation: is people sitting on their phones, looking at apps, and being far too concentrating on what these, you know, these random apps are, are saying or doing, and not actually tuning into the atmosphere of what's going on around them. And they must miss so much because their heads are just like in everyday life, really, because their heads are stuck in their devices and they're too concerned about the followers at home, um, you know, and the comments that they're giving. They, they, they're losing touch with, in my opinion, what paranormal investigation is all about. And that's the personal experience. That's the tuning in to the atmosphere, the, the tuning into what's going on around you. And I just found that really, really difficult last night. Um, but I, I think what something I'm thinking about is potentially um, going on more of these investigations with different groups and giving you guys feedback and, and maybe starting a blog about it, almost like a <laughs> like a food critic, I guess, but for paranormal investigations. And of course, there's no absolutely no hard feelings towards the group last night. Um, they were they were lovely people. They were very welcoming. Um, you know, they there was no harm. There was no hard feelings be- between us. But I just found that the techniques and uh, left me wanting really. Uh, and who knows? I'll try and book on another one maybe going forwards and bring you my feedback from there as well. And if you guys have any feedback, if you think maybe I'm being a bit too harsh, if you guys have experienced similar on your investigations, um, or maybe you've been on an investigation where it was the opposite and you enjoyed it, and, and or maybe you enjoy the the experience that I had last night, let me know um, on the Facebook page, on the comments to this podcast, email me, paranormalparadigmpodcast.gmail.com. Do let me know. Um, also, while we're on the subject of that, I'm quite keen on doing another episode soon of um, you guys, the listeners. I found that quite refreshing, the last episode I did where I had the four, the four guys come on and, and give me their experiences. Um, I know of a couple that, that are willing to, to do so, but if you've got any experiences or if you just want to talk about anything paranormal, if you want to talk about the investigation techniques that I've just spent uh, a while talking about, if you want to come on and give your opinion on that, please, by all means, do so. Um, just get in touch and we'll... Uh, figure out a date to to record the interview it'll be a brief 10-15 minute chat and um and yeah please please do so because uh, I'd, I'd like i'd like to hear from you if you've got an opinion on that uh, or anything paranormal related uh so anyway um on to the interview with uh, philip um i know it's going to be a fascinating one i know philip is a, a an avid researcher of of not only the spiritual side, which we will get him back on for for another show in the future, but what we're going to discuss today, which is uh, UFOs and the secrecy and the, the agenda behind it and who's really controlling it and manipulating it um, from the top of the pyramid, I guess you'd say. So um, I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm looking forward to it. And, here- and can I just welcome Philip to the show? How are you doing, Philip? Um, I'm doing very well, thank you, Kieran, and thank you very much for having me on your wonderful show. It's a real pleasure. Thank you. That the pleasure's all mine, I assure you. Um, so, as I've mentioned in the introduction, uh, you you are a, a medium um, of the highest regard, and I will look at getting you back on for a second show where we will delve more into the spiritual side of things. 
Okay. Um, but tonight you would, you'd like to focus on the UFOs, which is I'm more than happy to do. Um, you do have a book coming out, uh, You, the Public Deceived, um, The Grand UFO Deception. Do you just want to give us a, a brief background of that and what it's going to be about and what, where your research was headed with that? Yeah, I uh, primarily wanted to focus my attention on the uh, the cases, uh, some of them rather dubious cases from the 1950s to the amazing incidents that have happened um, recently. And um, definitely, I think there's a conspiracy of silence. So I wanted to explore the reality, the truth of the UFO phenomenon. Um, being, uh, as people would say, an experiencer. But I, I think I had an experience back in 1989, which set the ball rolling, and the only one with regards to what people term as an abduction, which happened outside of the normal uh, understanding of what how an abduction occurs. So I'm, I'm very much a thinker, and I, I don't suffer fools gladly like many researchers. I wanted to find out what these things were and where they come from. And my twin brother and I had have seen UFOs, the last of which were on the 9th of uh, April 2016 at quarter past 11. That was an incredible experience, one that had been recorded. And that's why I wanted to set the record straight with a lot of cases and bring to the attention to the public that we are being lied to by a system uh, that tells us uh, there's nothing to see here. UFOs don't exist. And that's something that... Uh, fueled my passion to prove to the public that we are being deceived on a monumental level. Okay, I mean, it's interesting because at the time of recording this, um, it's becoming more and more mainstream now that, that people like the Pentagon and, and the US Navy are beginning to accept that they do exist and they're starting to throw phrases out there like otherworldly craft and stuff like that. So, so do you find that, that what you've been rallying for for such a long time now is finally coming out? Yeah, I think, to be honest with you, it's what many researchers that I've spoken to call a soft disclosure. But you see at the moment, um, the way that I'm seeing this is that more times than not, when you have an incredible revelation with regards to not only the Navy's uh, admittance that UFOs exist, obviously the incidents that occurred um, have occurred recently and come to light. But then we go around in a loop where it's almost as if the public aren't really interested because I think that the system that I call it has played this game for far too long where they they give you a load of uh, evidence and then of course they they take that evidence away evidence meaning you know the reality from uh, higher echelons that these things exist so I think on this systematic programming of, of the public of how the system operates I think we've been led down the garden path but we are making some progress it does appear to be the case that we are making some progress but where is this progress going to lead us I mean I think personally my understanding of the UFO phenomena or a small aspect of it is that um, most of the public can't be told simply because it operates on a level that is uh, misconstrued. Uh, we have been led to believe that we're dealing mostly with spacemen from another planet. But our understanding of the UFO phenomena is far more complex now, and it does integrate levels of consciousness. So if you try to explain to the public, yes, UFOs are real, and so too are aliens, but uh, trying to explain how they operate might frighten the uh, you know, the willies out of them, basically. <laughs> so they might not quite comprehend uh, on, on many levels of awareness of what we're actually dealing with. So even if they do make the admittance that the UFOs are real and that the aliens are real, how then they're gonna, are they going to explain the systematic cover-up 
Um, and there is a reason why they've covered things up. And I think that they've uh, been at pains to keep the public away from those subject matters, which uh, I think to the system are quite a, an annoyance, really, more than anything. Yeah, I, I think one thing that's always interested me is these big news stories always tend to come out while the world is distracted with something else. Yeah. So at the moment we're we're going through this pandemic, or there's different opinions on that, but the the whole world's focus is somewhere else, and and we're being drip fed, as you say, this kind of the Pentagon have now said this, and the, the U.S. Navy have now recorded this, and no one's really paying any attention, but they are doing it kind of behind the scenes and, and I, I find that fascinating on a psychological level how they're doing that um while oh, everyone yeah. else is looking elsewhere oh yes absolutely and i think you know you and myself and my twin brother and many other brilliant minds brilliant researchers and authors and people who are interested um are just after the holy grail of ufology because we know when you've had an experience um a personal experience that operates outside um, our understanding of reality, as we call it, um, certainly brings forward a new paradigm of thought. Now, this is something that I think will probably scare most of the public because God love them. Most of them are quite happy to live their life. They have been programmed since an early age to accept what is real and what is not by a system that is carefully guiding the way that they think. But a lot of people now are starting to realize that there is a lot more to our reality uh, as in terms of conscious awareness, and that the UFO, um, you know, paradigm is something that is a continual, um, you know, a subject that, that pops up all the time. And I think it's reminding us that we have to step outside of this controlled conditioning um, on a conscious level. So I really believe that um, it's exciting times, and we're just wondering where this is going to lead us. There, you know, what since Roswell's inception, whether people believe that Roswell, uh, the, the UFO crash landing in 1947, occurred or not, is neither here nor there. There is evidence to suggest, most definitely, that something non-terrestrial did crash there, and this set the ball rolling rolling in terms of conspiracy theory. Because so I think at that point. Um, the establishments didn't know how to cover something up, so they made a little bit of a mess of it. Now they have a systematic program which is almost faultless uh, in the hands of those people who are in charge. But let's go back uh, briefly, uh, you know, for argument's sake. Um, first of all, uh, UFO was reported to have crashed in 1947, and the late brilliant Stanton Friedman had done a lot of homework on this. So if the military had stated all along that what had crashed in Roswell, New Mexico, was nothing more than a mogul weather balloon, um, <laughs> then why would they splash pictures of this top secret craft all over the pages of the newspapers uh, with um, Jesse Marcel? And also, um, if it was that top secret, you would have thought that they would have been monitoring the object and, and and not being aware of where it was. So, you know, we can see that, that even that one tiny subject um, tells you categorically that when you start digging, you find, you find that the public have been duped. And this is why I wanted to write You, the Public Deceived. And there are some very interesting cases in there. I know that the uh, brilliant, wonderful, amazing Philip Mantle, um, UFO royalty, um, the British ufologist and author, has taken myself and my brother and many other researchers under his wing. And you know I love the guy. My brother and I love him so much because he's he's so on the ball and he's so black and white. 
And he helped through the production of that book that uh, obviously will hopefully be coming out later this year or maybe early next year because of this crisis that we've all been in. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, publishing and books and all sorts of things within the uh, media industry have, hasn't moved. But um, a lot of the cases within that book, highlighted in that book, are very interesting. Um one of them um, links with Earl Anderson, Earl Grey Anderson. He's a uh, part of MUFON. Kathleen Marden, who is the niece of Betty and Barney Hill. Um, she's uh, uh, very high up in the uh, uh, field of directive research within MUFON. She contributed and helped quite a lot. She's a fantastic person. But Earl Grey Anderson's case in there um, is really quite interesting. Um, and that was to do with not only Earl having an experience with um, greys, as we call them, uh, but also how his mother um, also worked um, for a very high up company and in a top secret company. And I also have a guy that contributed some information about the Roswell um, crash. I'm not going to go into detail here. Um, but I will tell you that I and I'm not I'm not I am a conspiracy theorist to the to, degree that I understand that there is a conspiracy of silence. But I, I had my system uh, hacked. Uh, so basically, on a number of occasions, my brother and I found that uh, someone had been snooping into my system, my computer system and his computer wow. system. So, wow. you know, to try and find certain information. But as I said, I think a lot of researchers have this. But, you know, it, it's nothing new. <laughs> no, I think um, you, 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 it, to me, that reaffirms that you're on the right path if you've got people snooping around you and trying to silence you or trying to discredit what you're doing. Um, that, that would just make, make me kind of keep pushing further down the path I was going. Oh, yes. And I, I'll tell you now as well that, you know, it's not, you know, you know, it sounds like mere sensationalism or something from the X-Files. But it is true. I think that all all those uh, souls who are searching for the truth, um, the system is interested to, to see what they know. And, you know, we are a minority. There are hundreds of thousands of people that are searching for their own truths. And I think the system is uh, interested to see what they know and who they're connected with. So I think this conspiracy of science tells us categorically that when we are dealing with elements of the UFO phenomena, it doesn't always present itself in a kindly manner. So my understanding of uh, my, my research and understanding of the UFO phenomena led me into the um, study of the greys, as they're called the greys, and of course, uh, their secret apparent modus operandi. That was where I wanted to fuel most of my investigations. And I am working on a new book called Visitors from the Void, Visitors from the Void, sorry, which deals in a more very deep and complex issues with regards to the abduction hypothesis and also what the greys may represent. Okay, I'd, I'd like to just briefly go back and touch on the whole consciousness aspect that you spoke of, because that, that's something that's very close to my heart as a paranormal investigator. Um, I know that there's a kind of, there's a split within the ufology field where a lot of people will argue that UFOs are just, you know, physical nuts and bolts from another uh, planet. They're physical human beings, uh, not human beings, but physical alien beings. Yeah. Um, you can touch them, they can move and all that stuff. And I know that there's also people that are believers that they're potentially interdimensional instead of interplanetary. And that yes. brings a whole consciousness field into it. Do you believe that the, the, the possibility for both to exist or do you Ab seem to go down one road? Absolutely. I believe that we 
have to be open up to all areas. But my my approach is more to the interdimensional hypothesis. Um, if we look at the um, consciousness and the human brain, the human brain is is merely a receiver. It's an a, an amazing, incredible organism, but it is a receiver. And I give the simple example to most of uh, the people that I meet is that your mobile phone is the physical hardware. Think of the brain in terms of that, and it's designed to receive a signal. And depending on the uh, you know the level or the power of your mobile phone, that signal will only be able to bring in so much information. So when we look at the organic uh, principles of what we represent, we also have to go into consciousness, that omnipresent energy of what we may represent uh, and other entities may represent. And they may find themselves being able to link into our field frequency of awareness by utilizing us as their instruments. So it, it's kind of like a very complex uh, understanding but this also brings in that we're not going to go into areas of clairvoyance remote viewing astral projection healing all these types of things um so i believe that when we're dealing with the grays certainly through my research it does tend to sway more to the interdimensional hypothesis and this is what fascinated me this is where i wanted to explore what these beings were and this is all highlighted in my book you the public deceived because the incident that occurred to be in 1989 and it's too long-winded to go into here, categorically proved to me that my understanding then as a 20-year-old was that the abduction was a very physical experience. The uh, encounter that I had told me that it was anything but, and I wanted to find out why, um, this, hap why this happened and uh, what level uh, of integration that these beings have, how they're able to abduct a person. And this led me then into areas of um, consciousness, and also areas of uh, the dead, and also areas of uh, of um, near-death experience, and, and how the abduction phenomena seems to mirror the NDE very closely, but they operate on two different principles of uh, conscious awareness. So this is where my, le my research has been leading to me into these areas of, of consciousness. And people think that consciousness is like something whimsical, like when people use the word imagination. I can't stand that word imagination, like it's some box stuck in the brain somewhere. We're talking about the brain, the human brain. It is the, the um, physical instrument in this reality that is able to bring alternative realities into this field frequency of awareness. And maybe it's because that, you know, these other energies can only sustain themselves within our reality for so long um, that we, we're trying so hard to, you know, get hold of this. Uh, and this is where this is leading me. So I do believe that the greys, most of them at least, are interdimensional. If I take another example very quickly here, um, the amazing incident that happened with Betty and Barney Hill um, in New Hampshire uh, back in the uh, very early 60s. And the greys that abducted them, obviously their experience came through in dream state, which normally happens with a lot of people because of suppressed memory. But what was interesting and made me did make me laugh, Kieran, was the fact that, uh, you know, I don't believe that these beings had traveled millions of light years away just to abduct a, a wonderful couple and then go back again. I think there was a lot more behind that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, than, than, than most people have been led to believe. And uh, I think when you start looking at cases, starting to analyze them, you know, in a very, um, you know, professional manner, um, I think that you start to find that there are links and parallels between one case to the other. They all appear very different on an individual level. This is the thing, because they appear personal to the individual when they, when they occur 
although the primary abduction seems to follow the same pattern. So that's what we're looking looking at on a, on a trying to look at. Sorry, on a detailed level. But we have to be open to all forms of speculation. I'm not one of these um, researchers who says, right, this is it, and I'm not changing. No, if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But we must be allowed to think outside the box if we are to make any headway with regards to our understanding of the UFO phenomena at large. Uh, I'd, I'd have to agree. I think the the, the, the thinking inside the box, I know there's researchers that will call it the, the postage stamp consensus, which is <laughs> everything exists on a postage stamp and anything outside of that um, is deemed to be a conspiracy, basically. Um, I, I think it's the second you step off that postage stamp, you, you, your whole world opens up and possibilities become endless. Um, I just want to touch on, on the system that you refer to. So a lot of people um, listening to this might be aware of um, secret organizations such as the the MJ12, the Majestic 12, and all the, all these other kind of top-end organizations that people work for. Do, do you think it stops there? Do you think obviously the government are, are aware of what's going on? Um, do you think it goes higher than them? Oh, yes, I do. And I believe that, um, you know, the governments are puppets. They are elected, as we know, and that they are elected by higher echelons who use them as mere puppets, because a lot of the people in power don't stay in power for very long. And so uh, they are controlled, um, you know. So I believe that the UFO phenomena is handled by another department um, which is absolutely adamant in maintaining its secrecy. I mean, this system that I call the nameless facelift bureaucrats um, who govern and control through fear, I do believe that there is a department that is beyond the government. And this is nothing new. I mean, we've heard rumors of a, a shadow government or, you know, people call them the Illuminati. I'm not so sure that the Illuminati themselves are linked with the UFO phenomena, although the Illuminati are more, more based with money and control and power. I believe that there are separate departments within, your, within the secrecy of ufology um, that maintain that secrecy and perhaps have been trying to understand what we would call in the physical aspects, um, you know, um, crash retrieval study of certain elements or parts to the craft. But what is really very bizarre is I think and feel that this phenomena operates not just on a physical level of reality, but also a non-physical level of reality, um, rather like the human brain and consciousness. They're separate, but they're also one. So I believe that this system that we serve is now clawing at its, the public now in this fear-mongering and control. And we can't go into too much detail with that because many people are being silenced at this moment in time if you ever dare to have an opinion or think outside the box. But I do believe that there is a system in place that categorically records and analyzes and is so top secret that not even the people perhaps that's working alongside other members within that organization know really what's going on. But who are these people? This is a question that we've been asking for a very long time. And it's all thanks to many other brilliant researchers throughout the world. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of these uh, people who is very encompassing and very accepting and very grateful uh, for the context that both my brother and I have with regards to them trying to find this. But, it, 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 Karen, it, it's like we're hitting a, our head against a brick yeah, wall. Absolutely. We, 
we just don't know. I mean, we know that, you know, that they seem to, when I say they, I mean, what I mean is those nameless, faceless puppets. They seem to connect with other people's work. They're interested in what you're doing. They're watching you. I spoke to a person who used to be, who used to work for the CID and our conversation was being monitored. He knew that. Um, and yet we didn't really have anything of interest to say we were talking about UFOs, but it's not like we're going to drop a bombshell. I don't think any of us have that kind of information that uh, the system has. But I do believe that the system is fearing the public now because I believe a lot of people have come outside the box of the postage stamp, as you call it. I love that analogy. And I think people are beginning to realize they're smelling a rat. There's something not right because this old system is beginning to crumble. This control is crumbling and this reality is becoming more prominent. So you can't fool the public all the time by saying, oh, you, you know, nothing to see here. Turn the other way when they're blatantly um, being observed on a daily basis and now recorded. Yes, you get the fakes, the frauds, the sensationalists, the people who lie. But I think you'll get that with any, uh, within any department. But on a systematic level of control, yes, I believe there is a huge secrecy, and I think it must be absolutely fascinating. Kieran, if, if you and I, or my brother as well with others, were allowed to see that, I would give my right arm to see what they have. I think it would be pretty spectacular. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, to be honest, I think uh, there's, there's probably several researchers that, that have given their life, actually, for, um, yes. for for seeing what they probably shouldn't have or maybe getting a bit too deep down the rabbit hole. Do you, do you think the whole, um, the, there's obviously a lot of misinformation that's thrown around where um, ufology is concerned. Um, do, do you think that when people talk about Area 51, which I think is a huge smokescreen personally, I, I, I think people are often directed down one path and they focus their energy on one thing. And that's almost done on purpose by, as you call them, the system um, to, to, to kind of get them researching something where they're, they're, they're really just wasting their time. So their focus isn't where it really should be. Do you think that that, that is really prominent in the, UF, the UFO field? Oh, yes, absolutely, Karen. I mean, you said it yourself beautifully. You said, you know, see what's what's not being reported around the world when there's something that's really going on. I do believe that Area 51 had been an area where, um, you know, they had some form of operations, but I don't believe it's there now. I think, you know, the uh, they, they've been sussed and I think it's too much of an area. Um, that's quite prominent. So yes, they'll, they'll try and send you down the garden path, as it were. They'll try and lead you off your tracks or, um, you know, plant disinformation in order to confuse you. Um, but I do believe that um, a lot of researchers now are beginning to find that the phenomena itself is, uh, is, is now coming forward. I don't think the system can control it. I don't think that they have any control over this. I mean, if we look at the abduction phenomena, this is a very real experience. And I think because the way that the greys, as we call them, um, are able to infiltrate that kind of abduction that is quite scary because nothing about them or many of them tells me that they're good folk. You know, I think they are deceptive. I think they lie. I think they have a great understanding of how our human psychology works. Um, and I also believe that, you know, that the, the level of how they go about abducting someone is quite terrifying. Um, and this is something that uh, the uh, a program that the Greys obviously have been instigating for a very long time. And I think that the powers that be perhaps are aware of them but can't control them. I'm not sure about all this stuff about the humans working alongside the Greys and secret laboratories and this type of thing. I don't. I don't think 
I don't I don't subscribe to that. I think that the greys are a species or, a, you know, an a interdimensional awareness that operates for its own means and not for us. Um, but I do believe that there are several things happening here. I believe that the system is working towards human subjugation. I believe that they're now pressing forward with an operation to really douse human consciousness um, like it's never done before um, with regards to fear-mongering control technology. And I believe that the other aspect is that the greys themselves, you know, there are many other species, so we're told, but the greys are the most famous within ufology. And the reason being that I focus my attention on the greys is because I had an experience with them that was very negative. Um, so I believe there are several things going on here and the system's trying to enforce this control even more. Um, so yeah, I, but I, I do believe that, uh, um, that there are smoke screens areas that the public are being told to look into, but other areas where they, they're just being blinded by. Um, so that's what I feel. Yeah, definitely with that. Most definitely. Oh yes. Uh, I also feel that this system, um, and, and, and these people that are in control, I guess, I, I often feel that one thing that they have achieved, and this isn't just in ufology, it, it's across the board, really. One thing they've achieved is where the people now police each other. And it's almost like they don't need to do that much now to be in charge. Um, because if someone comes out and mentions they've seen a UFO, they're ridiculed. If someone starts to experience higher consciousness, they're termed as a hippie or, you know, uh, that they're, they're, they're yeah. kind of, they're not looked on as, as a normal member of this society. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I think that that is part of the system. And I think that's part of uh, a control mechanism to prevent people from really speaking out about experiences, because I think so many more people would have had experiences similar to yours and similar to mine. And they just, they don't speak out for fear of mockery from, from family members, you know, people that they're, they're nearest and dearest, they're scared of the opinions that they're going to form of yes. their experiences. And and, and I think that is a, a massive um, implementation from the system. Yes, and that's happening now. I mean, you know, just recently, I have been shocked by the level of how robotized we're becoming. Um, you know, there have been several occasions where I have walked on the wrong side and I've been told to get onto the right side. Um, people look at you um, as though you're an alien. Um, you know, if you're walking the wrong way through this new um, problem that we have. Um, and we ha it's becoming alarming because now the control, you're correct, people are policing other people, which is making it easier for the system to lessen its grip because it knows its servants will do it for them. Um, the, the other thing is my brother has written a book called The Digital Demon, which deals with this uh, problem with technology and perhaps that there is a, a process whereby the system is now utilizing and bringing in this technology to completely make us uh, dumb us down, sorry, and make us believe that you know, this is what's real and that's not what's real. Um, but, you know, I have vowed myself that I will not be part of that system, uh, like yourself and many other people. I'm a free-thinking being. I have the right to question. And if I don't agree with something, I have the right to speak out. We can also see with David Icke, just an example here, um, whether or not you agree with him or you don't. It, it's, it's neither here nor there, but we can see what's happened. I mean, in my eyes, he was a brilliant researcher. Um, you know, the system now has removed him um, completely from the media outlets. And I, I heard recently that they were removing his books from Waterstones. Now, 
you have the choice whether or not you want to watch one of David's programs. You have the choice or not whether or not to buy one of his books. You also have the choice whether or not to accept or agree with what he thinks about. But one of the things I think the system has done has gone too far now is blatantly showing other people that this is how we deal with people who are a problem and we can do it. He knew that. The system knew that. So it's like a game of chess. It's checkmate. So where do we go from here? What next, are the system, what next is the system going to implement? You know, the UFO reality is one problem. There are many other issues we're trying to deal with, and I think the system knows that. But when we go back to the UFO phenomena, um, in my eyes, we still go around in circles, no matter what is disclosed, because they've got people working against one another, um, especially on sites of UFO sites. It's very sad to see people attacking one another or believing that everything is real or everything is fake. So we've got an, a very a huge imbalance of opinions. But I think most researchers, prominent researchers, are able to make their assessment of what they believe is right and what they believe is wrong. But certainly, Kieran, I agree with you. Isn't it shocking now what's happening? I mean, you've seen it, we've seen it, and it's 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 kind of like winded because I feel kind of de uh, not. De I'm not saying I'm depressed, but I feel quite depressed thinking about the way that the system now is gripping the public. It's it's horrible. Um, yeah, I mean, that this this when this show goes out, it's going to be the first of my podcast for about a month. I haven't I haven't done anything for about a month, and and the reason for that is because of um, what's been going on, and I've just been watching it in in shock, really. Yes. and it's not you know on a personal level, it hasn't put me in a very good mental place, and I often look at my my ten month old son and wonder yes. what what kind of a world he's going to grow up in. Um, and so, yeah, it is shocking and, you know, to, to, to walk into a shop without, you know, without a mask on now is a, is a liberating feeling and it's a rebellious thing to do. Um, yeah, yeah. who'd have thought that, you know, yeah, you, I don't, I wouldn't, you know, I think a lot of people, if you see people don't talk, people only, most of them tell half truths anyway, but I think we we're being very honest. I mean, I, I went through quite a dark period. My brother did as well. I think many people uh, did, but people don't talk. You see, they're not, this is the system that we live, that yeah. we, um, yeah. that we're in. They, they've designed it so that you, you're not to talk. You're not, you, you are to be a robot and, and, you know, going back, I mean, there's other, other researchers, not just David Icke, but David Icke was right. We are becoming a robot's rebellion and the system is now hold, taking its grip. I mean, look what's happening now. As if we don't have enough with the reality of the UFO phenomena being subjugated, we're also now being told that, you know, um, they're looking at people now who eat too many sweets. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, they, 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 what I can, we, you and I can see what the system is doing. It's very, very clever and people buy it through fear and they, they'll buy the whole thing through fear because they, a lot of people are fearing. And, and I think now that, you know, Will we get past this point? I don't know. Something's going to have to give. Something's going to have to happen. Uh, all we want, all, all I'm after is the truth. And I know that we are far more than physical flesh and blood creatures with a sell-by date. I also understand that there are interdimensional activity that occurs, which is fascinating, and which tells us categorically, gives us hope, whether or not it's positive or negative, but gives us hope in the area that there is much more to our existence and much more to the earth and much more to our understanding of the universe and consciousness itself. But this is something the system, the damn system again, is subjugating. And it's it's enforcing this on a very strong uh, strong level. So, yeah. 
I, I think I just want to kind of get back onto the, the, the system controlling uh, UFOs and, and, and oh, I guess yeah. the, the whole consciousness thing. I, I, I did attend um, Awakening in Manchester um, last year and I got to see the great Richard Dolan give a, give a lecture. Oh, yes. And uh, he, he, he spoke very prominently about um, the censorship of um, of research. So he, he he gave examples of YouTube and how several years ago you could go onto YouTube and search for UFO videos and you would get amateur footage, amateur documentaries. Um, now if you do the same, the top five or six pages of, of, of results are all mainstream news videos yes. Yes. so you can't you know it's nbc or abc or bbc or itv and you really have to dig deep or know the the, the correct keyword yes. to find the video that you're looking for and and i think again that is another in your face piece of evidence to show how the system is now controlling what you can see what you can research how deep down the rabbit hole you can really go I was a victim of that myself. I did a talk in Glastonbury some years ago. I didn't realize that it would be put onto a uh, one of these big YouTube sites. Um, and it had, I believe, 1.3 million views. I was very flattered, but then it came down. And then what I found, because I was talking about uh, my research, about the greys, about you know what the greys may represent, along with cloning, the dangers of cloning um, in entire uh, organisms, and also of the um, of what the greys may may be doing, and why they're doing it. And you know, I will tell you that came down after 1.3 million. It came down. It's very hard to find. You're correct. Then I found that when I was on doing some, uh, you know, putting some stuff up on Facebook about about missing people. Dare I say it? Um, and about certain and the greys. Uh, that was in uh, infiltrated instantly, and I've had that on several occasions. So you can see, and you know, I agree with you because I've also been. Um, that's happened to me. I've been that. That's uh, been. I've, that's uh, occurred to me as well. But I will tell you, it's horrible, and it's it's almost like a frustration because you're trying to tell the truth. You want to tell the truth. You want to bring facts forward. But what is horrible, and when this happens to you, Karen. You know, your stomach drops. I felt my stomach drop because it's like, well, obviously the truth, the system doesn't want the truth to come out. The system wants you to believe what it's telling you is truth. And I always use that word. I always use this to, uh, to tell people that conspiracy theorists is merely a psycho psychological weapon to turn of the finger of doubt upon the inquiring mind. And I've always stated that, as we all know. Um, but you'll find that the deeper that you go into the rabbit hole, the more fantastic um, the whole subject becomes, the more amazing um, it appears. And I believe now that, you know, most publishers, you know, I've had my books published by other publishing companies. Uh, thank goodness for Amazon, because you're able to freely state what you want to state within the works without it being uh, edited or controlled, you know? Yeah, I I I went through Amazon for for my book. Um, yes, and it, it was it was it was painless. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, negativity surrounding Amazon as a as a company mm -hmm. um, and as a uh, an entity. But yeah, in that respect, it is it is very helpful to have that on board. I'd just like to um, obviously, you've had years and years of research and books and um, so, so many hours of looking into this. But for for, for us and, and and our listeners, if you could just kind of condense. When you talk about the greys and you talk about what what their their meaning is and what their agenda is, is it possible that you could just give that a very brief overview for for us? Um, 
what, yeah. what it is you think think they're they're kind of existing for? Why are they interacting with us? What is it that they're after? Well, the, the the hypothesis that I worked around, and it is just a theory, and you know, I've been attacked by this because I've been told by other ufologists that this is what the greys are. This is, and I'm, I say to them, that's okay, that's fine, I'm not here to argue with you. But basically, we're dealing with a species that is very interested in reproduction. Um, now, for species as the greys that cannot themselves reproduce, this sniff suspect, why are they interested in some form of hybridization program, as we're told? We don't understand. The greys also present themselves in an ethereal manner. They're able to distort reality very quickly. Um, when we're brought into their field of awareness, um, they communicate telepath uh, through telepathy, and they're able to sometimes bring dead relatives on boards, not all the times. But what we got, one of the things I want to look into was what is the, what are the greys after? Why, if they're interested in reproduction, are they wanted to creating a new, a new genus? This didn't make any sense to me. And then if we look at the greys, they're very prosaic in nature. They're like a blank canvas. There's nothing, they don't know about time, of space, of love, of feeling, all these things that make us what we are. So it appears to me that they seem to be outside the laws of creation as we understand it. And they have found a species that may offer them redemption in the, in the sense that we can reproduce. And they have been using humans as incubators incubators for their hybridization program. The greys seem soulless, and I believe that there is some element to the soul um, that they want, because we have awareness of self. The greys seem to operate on a level where they are not themselves. They, they, they seem to be clones. So my question is, in the future, if we began to start cloning humans, um, as I understand it on a spiritual level, my understanding is we incarnate and reincarnate. We go through this cycle of rebirthing um, into physical vehicles or containers, as it were. Um, and we go through this loop of, of creation where we build upon the experiences from one life to the other. The greys, if maybe uh, have, you know, destroyed themselves through cloning, through the art of cloning, and can no longer pierce that part or that dimension where you and I go to, and therefore, they may be working on a program of new incubators to um, absorb themselves, the, you know, uh, their soul, their clone spark of awareness. Um, because if you, if you, if I cloned you in a laboratory a hundred times and your clones grew up, now you are the natural um, product of, of creation. You came through the mother's womb and you have the memories from past lives and so on and so forth. When you die, it's assumed that your soul return gravitate back to the one or to the other side. But the clones will only have one imprint of one single life, only one memory. Therefore, we have to speculate or hypothesize as to whether or not when that clone physically dies, its spark of awareness will not go back to where you've gone to um, because it only has the memory imprint of one single memory. So therefore, it could be possible that these uh, these clones have amalgam amalgamated themselves into one hive mind consciousness and have found a world that is able to reproduce. Um, you know, there's stories as well where people say, well, the hybrids are being created because they want to take over the planet. Well, I, 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 I'm not disputing that, but I haven't seen any evidence to suggest that that is the case. I think there is a, a, a very careful program of deception by the greys um, because they, they're very secretive and they, they won't, they, they tell their abductees lies. But if we think about them, they're interested in us as, uh, conscious beings, as reproductive beings. So 
there are other theoretical parts to this that I'm bringing into the fray about the genesis of what we are, how we became. And it could even be conceivable that the greys are a new genus themselves that are, re that are trying to recreate themselves and bring themselves into the physical. But I said that's quite a heavy subject going into. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. going to be, you know, people. But I've had, I will tell you that I've had some people, some couple say to me, well, you know, you, you got it all wrong. You know, you, you're, you're, you're a negative person because you had a negative um, uh, alien experience. And I said, no, I'm not a negative person. I'm a very positive person. I'm a very open person. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. Then you get these other people saying, well, this is what it is and you're wrong. And I'm saying, okay, I may be wrong, but please let me just put forward this theoretical idea that we can work towards. I mean, it's far more complex than that. And trying to explain it in about 10 minutes is not going to do no, much for yeah, it. But, but generalize, there is more to this that we have to look into. We have to look outside the box because by remaining in the box, your famous postage stamp, Kieran, we still haven't made any headway with our, our, any understanding of what we're dealing with. So uh, this is where my research is taking me into the psyche, consciousness, creation, cloning, the dangers of cloning, not organs, but with uh, whole entities, and of course, the whole paradigm of the God force energy and this type of thing. So it's not just one aspect. I think we have to bring into equation a lot of other parts that we try to link with this phenomenon. Yeah, I, I think these people that are, are, that are telling you you're wrong, I think they're, they're hugely misguided. I mean, when I, when I give my lectures on paranormal, I always say, if you've come here for, for definitive answers, then you might as well leave because I don't have them. It, <laughs> it, it's all speculation. It's all theory. It's all research, you know, that, that's trying to get us to the answer. But I think anybody that stands in front of somebody puts their hand up and says, I have the answer and everybody else is wrong. I think they're not to be trusted, and, and, and I think they're they're massively misguided, whether on purpose or not. I, I do think they're misguided. Yes. Um, but I, I think you're right where you talk about it's not just one aspect, because I think where yeah. some of these people go wrong is they do focus just on one aspect, and they get so lost, you know, that it's almost like they develop a theory, and they then have to make all of the research fit into that theory and it limits their the possibilities of where their research could go whereas what i do and clearly what what, what yourself uh, does is you 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 get a theory and you look at how how that possibly fits into it but you're not scared of moving the goalposts because maybe something doesn't quite fit that theory and that's not a problem you know you, you it's, it's in pencil you rub it out and you you go again but i think some people are so um kind of i guess narrowed down into what they this is what i believe and everything has to fit into this belief and anything outside of that is completely wrong and and, and i don't necessarily agree with that um one thing that I, I i was thinking while you were uh briefly describing your research that was when you talk about the these greys who were potentially cloned who, who um who who is their master then you know who do they answer to you know do they answer to anybody or anything we don't know. And this is the thing. I mean, I've been told that I am, you know, that, you know, I'm wrong because the greys are linked with the mantis and the reptilians. I believe in the reptilians, the energy or consciousness of those, but I'm not so sure about their connection to the greys. Now, I've just basically primarily focused my attention on the greys because I think that they are fascinating and they, they have given more evidence in terms of their theory than any other being. I mean, if we look at the Pascagoula encounter that Charles Hickson 
than Calvin Parker had. The beings, the robots that came out were never seen before, hardly ever in UFO literature. Um, and we have other cases of aliens that come and go, but the greys are the most famous. And they were the, those were the ones that in, I interacted with or I had um, uh, some type of experience with. So I believe that they have given us more in terms of theoretical argument. Um, and the greys themselves, to my mind, are very sharp, are very smart, are very clever. They know how to op they know how to operate us. They know how to control us through the mind. Um, but they are very weak in terms of their, their physicality. So trying to understand, and I was credited with that publication of the theory back in, I think it was 1996 in um uh, I think the magazine was called Alien Encounters or something like that. Um, but I wanted to to look at this subject matter in a completely different way. And, and as I said, there are still more parts that I'm putting together. And as I said, yes, what do we have after all these years of research? A blank page, but at least we can theorize. I also had a person telling me that they had it all worked out. They knew all the answers. And I said, well, good luck. I hope you find what you're looking for. But you know, we're on different pages here and we're after the truth. And uh, it, the greys seem like chasing smoke and shadows. You know, they're, one here, they're here one minute, they're gone the next. And we want to know what they are and why they're, why they're doing what they're doing. Um, so we have to be careful. I walk a very straight line. Uh, I'm not one of these people that believes in absolutely everything. I have an open mind, but we have to be uh, very subjective to the experience. We have to be open to all areas of research, as I said. Okay, so the the system. So I mean, we're, we're kind of going to try and wind this down now. The, the the system. They're obviously aware of what's going on. Now, is there, is that compliance? Are they aware of the greys? Um, they're aware of them. There's some kind of agreement between between us and them in terms of our leaders and and, and them. Is there an agreement so they can we can coexist? Is there are, are they? Um, against it so they're keeping it secret from us but they're secretly trying to fight them are they yeah. scared of them are they subservient to them where where do the greys come in in terms of the hierarchy of, of the universe of consciousness well something clearly must have happened i believe that there is an elite group that had some form of interaction with them do they still do perhaps they do and I believe that um, the greys, for want of a better word, and I'm going to step out to some very dangerous territory here, um, but I believe that um, that those that had made this agreement have now found that that agreement has been broken. Um, I think in terms of technology, there was some form of exchange of ideas with in terms of human our human evolution, which has uh, rocketed since the early 80s. Uh, in terms of technology, I mean, if you think about it, it's like Stone Age man developing to where we are now in 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 uh, in, in terms of overnight in evolutionary terms. So I think there was some exchange program that had occurred, but I think has gone sour. Um, I don't know. There's no proof of that. We can only speculate as to that. But there would have to be some form of understanding by the system who are denying the experiences, telling people they're not real when they blatantly know it, they're real. And I think the system has a problem in, in actually, uh, you know, informing the public. I don't think it's just about coming forward and saying, oh, UFOs are real, and so too of aliens. Okay, so we get that far. The next part is, how is the system going to express um, 
the abduction phenomenon. When the greys can come in and do what they want, when they want, we are powerless to the experience. They always get us when we're vulnerable. Um, how are they? How are they? How are the public going to deal with that? And I think this is the problem the system has. In in some ways, I will tell you, I do feel for the system because I feel that it's got itself in a little bit of a quandary. And I actually wrote to Parliament um, the beginning of this year. I won't say to whom asking because I'm linked with NUFORS, which is the National UFO Reporting Service, which uh, Nigel Ross has created. And we wanted to bring in a panel of uh, MPs to work with us with truth, with honesty, and with integrity to lay all our cards on the table and work together as a unit to try to work out what's going on. And do you know what I got? Nothing. A blank page. <laughs> yeah, doesn't surprise so what, me at all. What does that tell you? And that that just, I think that says everything. And you know, I think that they these people are also frightened. So, but if if no one's willing in the hierarchy to step forward to help us, then we we've just got ourselves as as researchers, prominent researchers, the truthful, honest researchers, and there's many of them to hold on to. So we're sharing our information with one another. And, um, you know, that's what we do. It's not about stardom or I've created this or I've created that theory. It's about sharing theories and ideas and bringing this program forward to try to alert the public to the reality of this. And that's saying we do have a problem. We have a major problem. Okay. So, so uh, one last question. Uh, where, where, where's your research heading now? What, what, what have you got in the pipeline? Where, where are you going to take this kind of this research? Well, I'm I'm working on more books. I mean, I've I've just finished a psychic one called Guardians of the Dead, which uh, um, should be out in the next couple of months. You, the public, deceived the grand UFO deception will be out. I think probably later this year or next year, depending on when Philip uh, Mantle is wanting to release his new uh, books. And I'm working on Visitors from the Void, which deals with the Greys and a more uh, most very intense level of understanding. Um, I have got more research lined up. I've got more um, UFO books planned. Um, but my research is leading me into the exploration, not just of the UFO phenomenon, but what we represent as well, because we are part of this as well. And I think the system has tried to dumb us down into believing that we're just servants to it, that we toil the soil, we pay our taxes, we obey, we can, we, we're controlled, and then you die. But we understand that there is much more to us, that I think that a lot of things are going to change uh, on a conscious level for many people, because they're fed up now. We're going through a very difficult time, I understand, but you, I think we're going to see some developments happening very soon with regards to public attitudes to saying, you know what, we've been had. We, we've literally all been had. We need, to, we need to put down everything that we're carrying and start to voice our opinions of where we need to be. That's, that's brilliant. And just for the, the listeners as well, if you could uh, maybe give some contact details, uh, if you've got a website, I know you, you host your own show as well with, with your brother, if you just want to plug that. Yeah, well, um, I, you know, I have, um, my brother and I do a Twin Souls radio um, podcast with the Paranormal UK radio network, and that's coming back up again in August. Um, my, my brother and I also, we've written other books as well. 
um, You the Public Deceived is coming out, my brother's book, The Digital Demon, and um, and also The Guardians of the Dead. And uh, on Facebook, you can find me on Facebook. I, I have got to set up a new uh, website because uh, the last one was becoming too expensive. So I, wa- I want to create a new one, but that's going to take some time because I want to deal with a lot with the UFO phenomena and the psychic aspects as well integrated into that uh, that website. So that that's how you can get hold of me, yeah. That's great. Um, and finally, just thank you very much for coming on. I mean, obviously, I've, I've been a, a, a listener of, of your show and a follower of yours for a while from a distance. Um, and it was it was great to finally get to talk to you and to, to have you on the show. And Kieran, it's been wonderful talking to you. And may I, say, may I say also, please, that it's wonderful. We're all important. We're all special. We're all linked. No one is any better than anyone else. We're all there as a, as a real strength and support to one another. And that's what I really love, the comradeship with other researchers. So never, I always say to people, never put yourself down. You are part of this. You are linked with this, whether or not you've just interested or you've had an experience or you're a researcher or a radio broadcaster, it doesn't matter. We're all connected. And uh, I think we're going to see some really amazing developments uh, uh, very shortly. Yes, thank you very much indeed. That's great. Thank you, Philip. Thank you for coming on. Take care. Okay, so that was the interview there with Philip. And um, what a fantastic interview. I don't think I could have picked a better one to uh, to make a comeback for uh, after my short break. Um, really got into some deep stuff there and we, we did slightly go off topic talking a bit more conspiratorial uh, certainly about the people policing the people and you know kind of doing the system's job for them um, so I'm strongly opposed to that and for you guys that listen to my um, my other show the Collective Conspiracy Show which is a live feed on Facebook I know some of you do tune in and thanks for that um, my next show um, I'm not sure if it would have overlapped by this but I will have a show discussing COVID and the conspiracies surrounding that, which are coming out daily. Um, but yeah, back to Philip. It was a fantastic interview. He does get very deep into things. You can see he's a great researcher. Um, and I am an ad- admirer of his and his brothers. Um, and, you know, the whole Greys being on a, I guess, a consciousness level massively fits into my own personal research, um, where I've been going, looking at paranormal phenomena as a whole, whether that be cryptids, aliens, UFOs, ghosts, spirits, uh, demons, angels, I, I believe that they're all the same paranormal phenomena on a consciousness level. So it was, it was refreshing to have someone come on and kind of link their research to mine. It's always interesting to hear that. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Do let me know your, your feedback, as always. Um, drop me an email, drop me a line, drop a comment below the video on the Facebook group, on the Facebook page, uh, on my own personal page. I know several of you have added me now on, on, on my own personal Facebook page, and that's absolutely fine. Don't have a problem with that. Um, let me know your uh, feedback towards the show and towards my opinions that I, I gave at the start of the show in the introduction where I spoke about the investigation that I recently went on. Um, we are going to get up and running with our own investigations again soon, now that we can. Uh, I know we're back over the pub, which is going to be good. Um, we've had several previous investigations there, so we're kind of getting a, a case study there. So it'll be interesting to see what effect it's had um, over the past few weeks, uh, months, I guess, where, where we haven't been able to do it. Has that made it quieter? Has, will it make it come back with a vengeance? Who knows? I'll, I'll keep you updated with that. Um, so, yeah, once again, thank you to everybody for listening. We are getting more and more listens every, every time. We're getting more uh, spread around the world in countries I would never have dreamed of people listening to me. So thank you very much for that. It is really, really appreciated. And it's the reason I'm still going, as I've said before. So thank you. 
And uh, until next time, please do take care and we'll speak soon. Thank you.